What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! This Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R, streaming only on Hulu, Friday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Welcome back. We want winners. I'm here with Roderick Adams. We're going to talk about 49er free agency. Uh, all the the losses, the re-signings, and the, the, the newly added 49ers players. Rod, what is going up? What's going on? I should say, not up. Not much. Um, just really been kind of digging into some of these guys and trying to figure out how they're going to fit, and um, you know, trying to you know, as our roster kind of shapes up for. I mean, obviously, a way to go. Um, we're starting to get what is um. Yeah, it's exciting. All right, so let's actually... I want to look at the re-signings first. Because in the NFL, you know, the way that contracts work, certain guys just make sense to come back to your team rather than try free agency. Some guys are restricted in their free agency. Uh, and so the Niners brought back uh, a lot of players, and I was wondering if there was one player you thought was coming back that maybe didn't come back, or that came back, and you were you didn't think that they were going to come back. Well, hmm. I I don't I don't really. I don't really think that there was anybody that, that came back that I was surprised came back. And really, I don't really think there was anybody that left that I was too terribly shocked that left. I was pretty interested in how the um the center situation, I thought Brindle was kind of a slam dunk, but then it seemed like for a minute there, um the Jets were pushing hard and I mean according to him they, they actually offered him money to go there. Um so it was one that was a little bit more um contentious than I thought. Um when I I was 
And honestly, I think the only other thing that was really kind of a shock, if you want to call it that, was um, the fact that the number came back so low on Mosley where he got six to go to Detroit. And I was thinking that, like, at that number, uh, I was kind of surprised that we wouldn't be in on that when it, you know, we ended up giving um, Isaiah Oliver actually more than that. Um, uh, his was a two-year deal, and Mosey was only um, for one. But, you know, just based on what I've seen and the little bit of research I did on Oliver and then what I know of Mosley, if you gave me a choice between the two, um, I definitely would have went with E-Man. Um, they're both the same age. Um, and E-Man has been way more productive when healthy than um that Oliver has. So that, I, that would be my shock. How about you? Well, the immediately when they signed Oliver, the story was that they kind of had him circled for a little while, right? Like they had mentioned they'd been interested in him, interested in him for quite a while. So, cause similarly, I was like, I, I thought Mosley was staying. I didn't know, you know, coming off of an injury, you don't have too much leverage. Obviously, one year, six million is not a lot. And I just assume like, you know, like a lot of players what happens in the NFL, you get injured, you know, your market isn't great. So you come back to the team who you know very well. And defensively, he knows his role with the 49ers. Now he, he leaves and he's got to go sort of figure it out with a new team. It just seems like if you want to set up your future free agency, you do it with the team that you know in the role that you know, and in a role that you've excelled at in the past. So that was really my surprise about him, just his decision. Now, I don't know if that decision was made for him from the 49ers side, or if that was him choosing to leave, because I just assumed that the, the smart play to set up his free agency next year was just to come back. Right. I agree 100%. Um, but I will say this, um, the Lions are they've they've made some real interesting moves. They are kind of pushing it all in, it looks like. So they're they're gonna be a very interesting team. You know, this is not Lions talk, but um yeah, I I I um I root for I, I you know, I'm not like most fans. I don't like write write the dudes off when they leave here. So I'm I'm rooting for him. I hope he I hope he does well and I hope he's able to play well enough that he's able to um to get his money because you know that's what I, I root for all those dudes to you know get paid so you know Especially i hope it works out for him yeah i really i, I hope it works out for him i'm sad to see uh, him go i would have liked to have had him for one more year yeah so who did they bring back they brought back colt mckivitt's two-year deal they brought back to sean gibson one-year deal and we sort of figured that one out before it happened uh, obviously the other person who they could have brought back instead of him was, was Jimmy Ward and, and Jimmy did not come back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. They brought back the long snapper pepper. Uh, Juwan Jennings is on a tender. Uh, Kevin Givens came back on a one-year deal. Jake Brendel, like you said, four-year deal. Uh, Flanagan Fowles came back on a one-year deal. T.Y. McGill and Ross Dwelly also on a one-year deal. Did I miss anybody? Uh, and who came back? 
for who who were re-signed? I don't think of so. their own free agents. Okay, I, I don't think so. All right, so now uh, the the big dollars, like Niners spent a, a good deal in in free agency, and and like I was really surprised to see some of those numbers that that came up. But the guys that they lost were like some big dollars. Holy cow. Um, uh, I'll share the screen here for the video viewers who uh, who can see the uh, who want to see the, the the thing that I'm looking at here. Um, so the spot track tracker that, that we're using here. So uh, they have uh, McGlinchey. At a five-year, eighty-seven million dollar deal, thirty-five million guaranteed. So we were not going to be in on McGlinchey at that much money, um, and and unfortunately, you know, for for all of his scars, the one thing that the 49ers excel at, he also excelled at, which is in the run game. But what did you think about the the dollar value McGlinchey got from Denver? Um, he got that. That is the exactly the number that um, Spot Track had him at. Had him his market valuation at. So, so he got all of it. <laughs> he got all of it, which is, um, you know, I spent a lot of time sparring back and forth with 49er fans who, you know, McGlinchey <laughs> sucks and good riddance and whatnot. But I mean, who again? It's shocking to me how it just seems like um a lot of Niner fans just you know they watch the highlights because if you look at that I mean he he gives up some stuff in the past game for sure he is not one of the best pass blockers in the league but boy in the run game that dude is a monster he is really good um as a run blocker and um you know that's kind of what we do so <laughs> the fact that um we're going to be missing that. And, um, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Number one, I guess the big, the overall take away is that if you really look at tackles, that's his game is what everybody's game is. Very few, you got very few guys like Trent Williams who are both strong as pass blockers and run blockers. The, the rub is with everybody that, they're stronger at one than the other. And it looks like with um, McKivitz in the short sample size that we've seen is that he is going to be an upgrade as a pass blocker, but he's nowhere near the run blocker that, um, that Mac was. So it's going to, that's going to be interesting to see. Plus my general, and again, it's a bit small sample size, but my general impression of him is that he's kind of a finesse guy. He seems to be have a little bit of athleticism to him, but he's not going to be a mauler and mauler in the run game. And when you pair that with um, our guy Brendel, which that's kind of his game too. He's not really a big physical guy. Who's he's not Jason Kelsey. He's not going to be um, running guys up out the club in the middle. So. Now, in what was a very physical um, offensive run-blocking line two, you know, two years ago with Mack in there and all those other changes that we've made, now it's kind of, you know, 
both, um, you know, obviously Trent is what he is. Um, and both Banks and Burford are, are pretty physically stout guys, but the other two guys aren't really. And, um, I guess we'll kind of get there as we move along, but, you know, we need Burford to take a big step forward because, you know, we don't have Brunskill anymore to come in and kind of be his, um, his relief man. Um, Because there were times last season where he just was not good and they, you know, they pulled him. Um, And so, you know, that's not there. We, kind of i guess replaced him with feliciano who i guess we'll talk about a little later but so jose feliciano (laughs) (laughs) feliz navidad (laughs) Uh, so first off shout out to our our buddy shelvin who's uh in the live stream um the big name i start we started with mcglinchy because he's most important to the 49ers success like that's the biggest loss for their uh, to them, uh, but Jimmy is the biggest name who they lost, and we talked mm-hmm. about him last episode. I would love to have a camera follow this dude around Las Vegas. He is going to have the time of his life, I think, uh, at least for this first year, where he's going to be the the talk of the town, you know. Uh, and he's going to have to still please have to play. I I don't know if he's uh, better than Derek Carr, worse than Derek Carr, the same as Derek Carr, but he's going to be, at least for this first year, I think he's going to be a fan favorite until he's not, and that's going to be determined by his play. But the amount of on the town that Jimmy does in Vegas is going to be fascinating and that's, you know, the, the, there's this thing in, in basketball, especially Absolutely. where you, uh, if, you know, if the player is going to be in L.A. and then they got a, a, day, a day game the next day on a Saturday morning, it's like, oh, we're losing that one because the boys were probably out there, you know, out hanging out and having a good time on Friday night. And I just can't imagine a team being in Las Vegas where every night is Friday night in Las Vegas. And then you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the NFL's uh, biggest bachelor, just hanging out and and having a good time. We'll see. We'll see how how that works out for him. But, uh, you know, all the the jokes aside, $33.75 million guaranteed three-year contract, $72 million. You know, a, a a lot was talked about last year about, oh, you know, Jimmy did the 49ers a solid X, Y, and Z. This was a dual effort here. The 49ers also did this due to solid. They needed him, but they also knew that, you know, he was coming up on free agency and he came back to the system that he knew very well. He succeeded even in ending his season with an injury, which we've seen before. This dude still got 33 million guaranteed. That was uh, kind of crazy to me. Another, I mean, it it couldn't have worked out better for him. I because it sounds like you know if the reports are true, his really only suitor. I mean, based on um cap space and whatnot, last year was Washington, and you know 
I don't blame Jimmy for not wanting to sign up for that shit show. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it it worked. It couldn't have worked out any better for him to um get his money. And you know, we're not gonna re um relitigate the fact that you know some people make the case that Jimmy um probably maybe could have played at the end of the season, but um made a business decision not to to kind of just um stand pat on what he had put on tape already and you know just kind of move forward towards free agency from that and you know I don't know if that's true or not um but you know if that's also we have to acknowledge that that's something that is in his um um that's on his jacket you know people in um New England on the way out said that you know he made business decisions there um to protect himself um prior to being traded to the 49ers that he could have played there were games he could have played um but was not 100% and didn't want to you know um jeopardize um deals that were you know pending so again and and I and I'm not one to criticize players for doing that because you know they it there it's like a you know damned if you do damned if you don't type thing you if you go out there um compromised and then you don't play well you get shit for it if you don't go out there um if you are compromised and you don't go out there you get shit for it so it just you know there's no you know it's a it's a literal no win situation so um if a player, I, I so I'm cool with whatever this decision the player makes, and Jimmy got himself another bag. So, um, man, good for him. And I mean, Vegas, I just think it's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. When I first saw the signing, it made me think of this scene in um, Ocean Eleven. One of the brothers is talking to Saul, and he says, "You know, um, Salt Lake." I think you do very well there. See, I, I think Jimmy's going to do very, very well in Las Vegas. So um, he's yeah. going to be, and, and you know, it is a fun story. He's a fun player to follow. I think 49er fans will kind of keep an eye on, on how he does 49er players going to the Raiders. You know, a lot of big names have historically have gone to the Raiders, Ronnie Lott and Roger Craig and Jerry Rice. The Ra- uh, Raiderland can be a place where, you know, 49er players who may be getting pushed out long in the tooth a little bit, there, there's a place for them to land. So I- I'm, I'm interested. I-, I think it's, I think, you know, NFL is all about storylines. It's all about uh, creating, you know, these reasons to tune in. And you can do that with Jimmy for uh, the good first half of the season. And, and then if they play well, then it'll be quite the story. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Um, so let's talk about, so we mentioned uh, E-Man. He's gone to Detroit. The other one we were talking about, you know, they had this decision to make, Gibson versus Ward. And Shanahan made that decision at the beginning of last year, the beginning of the season when Gibson won the won the starting job and, and Ward was – you know, had to be the 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 third defensive back. Uh, so he goes to Houston, and he gets two years, thirteen million, and eight and a half guaranteed. So good job for him at thirty-one years of age. Uh, still get a, a good chunk of guaranteed money there, two-year deal. What do you think about Jimmy going to Houston? Well, it I, I again happy for him because if he you know, is able to um, fulfill the contract, he will basically have been made whole. He will, he will have gotten the money that um, he would have made um, on, you know, that, that was what he was um, scheduled to make um, on his last contract. So, I mean, that's what he made on his last contract. So good for him that he didn't really have to, um, he's not going to have to change his eating habits and whatnot. He's, um, he's, he's got the, the same kind of money. I'm looking at the spot track. I don't see the Gibson deal. Um, that's interesting. I but saw, I, I saw one year 2.9, but I, right. And that's what I thought about $3 million, which yeah. uh, was like, which was about half. So, I mean, for the production that he, um, gave us last year, um, I've, we, Hopefully we can just, you know, roll that forward. And um, that's, a you know, three million bucks for, you know, the quality of play he gave us was a very good deal. Um, so hopefully we can get the same again one more time. Uh, anybody else on this list who you were surprised to see either uh, get more or less money or just just leave and collect some of these guys, you know, they're, they're rotational guys for the Niners. So maybe signing and going elsewhere, you know, they, they maybe, maybe they feel they have better competition and can actually get a better spot. But there's also guys on this list who played a lot of downs for the Niners. You know, you see Aziz uh, Al Shair there. Uh, uh, of course he, he, you know, he got hurt a little bit as well. Uh, Ridgeway, just guys, a man like these guys, you know, they had reps with the Niners. So, you know, you lose a little bit of depth here. Uh, and, you know, were you surprised by any of that? 
Well, I'm not really surprised so much as you know. I, I had a had a feeling that both um, Aminahu he was kind of a question mark because we I haven't heard anything about the whole legal thing that um, you know he didn't end up missing any games and I don't even know if he ended up being charged or or what. So that was kind of a question mark that you know it's. I hate to say um, mercenary, but I was kind of hoping that, you know, if his, if his market wasn't quite what it, you know, was projected to be that maybe we could get him back on a, on a cheap deal, but that didn't end up happening. Him and Ebukam since, you know, seemingly got the same, same pretty much $8 million a year. Um, And the takeaway from that is, you know, when you look at the additions and subtractions, um, it looks like the 49ers are going to go about getting that pass rush a little different way. You know, I think, you know, we can rest in peace to the um, Ferrari package with a and Ebercom, um out there with Bosa, you know, with the three, that three in look that was, that was hellacious when you, from a speed standpoint, um, I don't know, but maybe Austin Bryant can give us some of that. Um, and again, like I say, you know, when you t- start thinking about our pass rush and what it's going to look like, it's definitely going to look different. You know, we are obviously going to be um, leaning on I'm sure a guy we're going to be talking about here shortly, um, Hargraves, which is going to, you know, he's going to give us pass rush from the middle in the way that we have not seen um, in a long time. And I guess would be in a way that we would have hoped um Kinlaw would would have provided but um yeah it's gonna it looks like we just you know I think we'll still have a good pass rush but it's it's gonna look different it's, it's just the defensive line is just gonna look different this year all right let's look at uh some of these new free agents here that the or new, new players that the Niners signed to uh free agent contract terms and you know I guess we should start with the first one which is the biggie uh, Hargrave, were you surprised to see them go after a defensive lineman in, in that big of a way? Well, I was not necessarily surprised to see them go after a defensive lineman, but I was surprised that they went with an interior guy to pay that much money. I It was my assumption that they would be in, in on one of the defensive, you know, the combination of a mini hue and Ebucom not coming back, it just seemed kind of logical to me that they would, um, you know, the end would be where they, where the focus would be. But, you know, being said, um, I, I, I think that that Hargrave um, signing is a good one. Um, in looking and in, in kind of researching, trying to get you know, past the numbers, you know, immediately where I go is PFF to kind of see. And the thing that was kind of stark to me was that um, his um, run pass, his run defense grades are are not very good, um, you know, are below average. Um, and while some will, will say, well, their defensive line has a whole, whole um, performed, underperformed for most of his time there, you know, that's the thing I love about the PFF grades is they are grading him on his 
the performance of his assignments and what the guys on other sides of him, I mean, while it does affect it somewhat, you still have, you know, if your job is to block this guy or to stop this guy, that's what you are being graded on is your performance in your individual assignment. Mm -hmm. And in his individual assignment as a run stopper, it hasn't been great now. But that said, again, it seems like um, at this point, um, um, Kokorik is a, you know, he's a, a defensive line whisperer of, of sorts. Um, that plus, um, not to say that he wasn't um, there, you know, their linebackers and safeties in Philadelphia, especially last season, were very good um, in, you know, actually he you know he's coming into a situation where i believe um they are better so hopefully my the hope would be that moving um into you know kind of size wise a 4-3 kind of suits him better than the 3-4 does um you know cuz he's not you know the you know it's strange to say it you know as 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 size goes you can know, 6-5 and 290 or whatever but you know he's not ted washington or, <laughs> ted um, washington. or vince Woolfolk. you know those type of three four um knows those guys really don't exist anymore just because of the way um the, the game is played but um in in i believe that hurts <clears throat> that hurts them when it comes to when you when you're dealing with um really strong interior lines which again is you know not something that you see too often which is why as for the 49ers it wasn't until you know the the Chiefs in Philly where teams were really able to kind of really take advantage of us in the middle and our lack of production outside of Armstead at the defensive interior position it's just something that doesn't really come up much but you know for a team like ours, who is, you know, who has aspirations to get to the Super Bowl, teams like Philly and Kansas City, the fact that they, you know, have interior lines that can, you know, run your ass about the club if you are not stout there, you know, that is a concern. Um, and I guess the, the other thing, the other real big concern for me moving forward, and I, we can talk about some of the good things that he does, but the fact that, you know, and you see this in baseball, I think more so than football, is that sometimes when guys sign big free agent deals, there is, um, you know, fans and the media kind of expect them to be different than who they are. I, you know, he signed a big money deal, but I mean, Hargrave is not, he's not Nick Bosa. You know, he's, he's not that level of playing. He's not Fletcher Cox. He's, he's just not that guy. He's a talented player. He's a good, he's above average player, but I just hope that, well, I mean, it don't make any sense to hope because fans are going to do what they're going to do. But um, I, I just, I, it's going to be interesting to see how, the perception of his performance is um, is viewed in light of the contract he signed as opposed to the player he is. Because if he performs the way he performed 
in Philadelphia the exact same way, I don't think 49er fans are going to be pleased based on the amount of money he's made, which is not fair to him. I mean, you know, they put the contract in front of him and he signed it. That doesn't, you know, mean that now that he's got to be, you know, a much better, you know, that he needs to make a leap um, commensurate with the leap in his salary. I don't believe, but um, yeah. And the fans thoughts? are, ju- the fans are just going to see 84 million, right? Like that's right. what they're going to see. Uh, I think there's a potential opt out of the deal as well. I don't know if that's on his end or on the Niners end though. Technically the, every team has an opt out on the, on a player. If they want it, they just have to figure out a way around the salary the cap and eat the damn um, money. Yeah. So uh, I saw some stuff early on saying, you know, this is really the, the true replacement for Buckner. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the Which sexy, is totally not fair. <laughs> right. And, That's not the, fair. The sexiness for this <laughs> signing was that people saw the double digits in, in sacks coming from that position. And, you know, the 49ers did not get very many sacks coming from the inside. Everything came from, from Bosa, essentially. So, you know, because we looked at those numbers as we were talking about that Eagles game against the Niners and we're like, holy cow, like they just get to the quarterback from every single position. And the 49ers were not like that. They got there from Nick's spot. And that, you know, that was where a lot of their sacks came from, you know, as a team, they were kind of in the middle of the pack, whereas the Eagles were right at the top. So I think that's the sexiness. And if you are looking for an addition of a guy from the inside who sacks the quarterback, like you know that that's where i think the fans are like oh you know that's that you know that that that'll be great but at the same time uh the expectations are going to be very high for him and the i guess overall you 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 want to cuz cuz we know how good that defense was last year and with all the changes and with nick being at such a peak at such a young age you want all those pieces to be back and to fit because that is how the 49ers are going to get back into, you know, into uh, possible Super Bowl contendership again is, is defense. Cause as we know, quarterback position is still going to be a question mark, right? Like the offense, the pieces to the offense are, are fantastic. Losing McGlinchey's not going to help the run game, but it's still, young quarterbacks and we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Cause the Darnold signing was very interesting to me, but I guess my, my whole spiel here is the defense is going to have to be as dominant as it was last year. I think for the 49ers to get back into the same position that they were. Just one, one more thing I'd like to note is that, you know, coming to a four, three from a three, four, the three technique, which he'll be playing, um, here, it's a different, it's a different animal than what they were doing there in that three, four kind of a bare front, um, you know, matchups determine uh, that's why all of those guys had the double digit stacks because, um, it just depends on the matchup and they are able to scheme guys and they did a lot with Reddick 
And Reddick ended up being the guy that got a lot of double teams and a lot of attention, which freed up. And again, you get that same thing here in the 4-3 with Nick. But again, it's just, I, I, I just hope, you know, again, again, I know that's a, a it's a foolish hope to think that there's going to be any kind of um, reason in what the expectations are for this guy, because, you know, that's just not what, you know, fans do. Fans don't really do reason nuance. So, but I, I just hope, you know, for his sake that, um, you know, the easy, there's some grace in, in the, um, in, you know, I, I, I think he's going to be a very, it's going to be a positive addition. Um, I just hope that um, we don't, the, that the expectations don't lead to this, you know, that the expectations being so high lead to a level of disappointment when, you know, he doesn't meet your expect the, the expectation and maybe the expectation um, was the problem and not his performance. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I think he also, though, you know, this was uh, last year was a proving year for him, obviously, in free agency. And the worry a lot of times, and this is where you separate the true professionals and the true great players is, you know, you do you come in still hungry? Like, that's that's a hard thing. And I think if you play in the NFL, you have to be more so than just about any other sport because of how dangerous the game is. Uh, and how much of it is is about young players coming in and and taking spots. So my hope is that, you know, he's just a, a professional's professional and is just ready to go. And uh, look, you know, he, he's he, at least for these two years, he's got 40 million and good for him. That's uh, that, that's what that's what you do when your contract year is coming. All right. So we talked a little bit about Oliver. I'm super interested in your thoughts on on Darnold. I saw your initial thoughts, which is. You always like when the Niners go after highly skilled guys, no matter what the previous performance was, especially in a position of backup, which is where he is going to be. But are you intrigued at the idea that rather than going for a tried and true guy and guys who we had talked about in previous podcasts, like the vets, the veterans veteran, they went with a guy who has not figured it out yet in the NFL as uh, as a backup, as a safety valve for the position uh, as it is today? Or is this something where Shanahan's like, I'm the QB whisperer, baby. I can figure this thing out. I got this. What like what, what is your feeling on, on the Darnold signing? Well, initially, that was my thought until, you know, I look at the fact that, you know, this dude has 55 starts in the NFL, you know, at 25 years old. I mean... Obviously, they were in, you know, in the case for Sam Darnold is that um, you look at that guy and you, you, I mean, obviously he has all the tools in the world. Um, he's big. He's mobile. He can make all the throws. Um, he can run it. All the things, all the tool box of a modern NFL quarterback. Sam Darnold's he's it also if you if you want to be the Sam Darnold apologist his time with the Jets um it's you know I I don't 
I don't know enough to be able to rank them, but I, I could, I'm comfortably, I can comfortably say that their offensive line and skill position players were among the worst. I, I can't tell you where from 32 to 34 they were, but comfortably in that range, they weren't good um, during his time there. And then plus, I mean, it's the Jets. I mean, who is the quarterback? that um had has had any you're talking about like you know sanchez for a <laughs> hot second and then you're going back to like testaverde and <laughs> chad pennington so i mean it's not a place that has um been very supportive of the quarterback position so those are the things that i look and say that you know, he getting getting him here early helps. You know, so he'll have a whole um, off season program and training camp, um, so that if called upon, you know, as a pro, you know, like you were outlining before, what a professional does, if he is called upon to play, um, he should be able to with all the experience he has. He he's clearly the most experienced quarterback in the room he should be able to play now the question becomes it with a guy who is as talented as he is he's way more talented than some of those other usual suspect guys we were talking about um where does he fit in you know conventional wisdom says that you know he's quarterback three yeah but he is a a really really talented dude um and our guy the other guys are really young and even Brock who played well in those 8 or 9 games is still that's a really really small sample size neither one of those guys are anywhere him or Trey are anywhere near 55 NFL starts so is there an opportunity it does Darnold have a shot to come in here and um throw a turd in the punch bowl and <laughs> be the guy. I mean I I don't know that, but it's it's going to be a very very interesting quarterback room and you know, we haven't had a quarterback room this talented since 2012 with um Cap and Alex. So it's going to be interesting. So here's a quote. John Lynch said uh, he 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 uh, he said this to uh, Cam Inman. I feel we've studied him forever, back when he was a potential number one pick, and we were looking for trade options. He kind of was craving what we could provide—a really cool structure on offense that's tailor made for his skill set. That's what he bought into. Okay, so that tells me. Kind of what you said, that Sam Darnold believes that the reason he wasn't able to have success has a lot to do with the players who were around him. And the way that the NFL works is if you are perceived as as a failure, you kind of go into this bucket of free agency and you have to eat your pride a little bit and take a one-year deal, but you could essentially pick your team. You know, it's like the reverse of a draft, right? Sam Darnold 
going into the NFL draft as a high pick. He's going to one of the worst teams, but because he kind of washed out and teams look at him that way, it's the reverse draft. He gets to kind of go to wherever he wants and if they want him. So that tells me that he believes that a lot of the failures were because either organizational or because of the talent surrounding him. And he really, and he believes in himself. Ultimately, I, you got to believe in yourself to, to play this position in, in the NFL. So what do you think about Lynch's statement? I think, it, it's 100% spot on when you in what heartens me is anytime again, I, and I, it, I, I don't want it to sound like I am shading Brock at all because I, the kid is what he is and he's great. And that was a great pick. And I think he's going to be a 49er and a contributor to this team for a long time. But anytime I hear Kyle and Lynch talk about the tools to run this offense, you look at him, you look at Trey, because again, even if Trey washes out that my hope overall is that even if it doesn't work out with Trey, that they don't punt, on that type of player, the big arm, the mobile guy, the guy who can give you a thousand yards rushing, um, you know, which, which again, that's just not Brock's game, but I mean, he was drafted the last pick in the draft. So, I mean, what we, what he get, if he, if he doesn't do, do anything else, that was a hugely successful pick at, to give his what to gave to give us what he gave us in that stretch last year from two two sixty two, if he's never played again, that was a, a successful draft. He's, he's one of the most valuable rookies to the season last year. And, you know, yeah. So that's great, but he does not fit the mold of a Trey Lance or a Sam Darnold in terms of his talent, his arm talent, his mobility. Um, those type of things. And I am just a firm believer with all the things that I looked at and studied last year and well, two years ago. And then last year in preparation for Trey, that those guys with big arms and mobility just unlock this offense in a way that a guy like Jimmy or to a, you know, a greater extent Brock brings more to it than a guy like Jimmy does, but even still there is a, a a level two or three levels above that Trey and a guy like Darnold brings in terms of the arm talent, being able to get to anywhere to that from the right hash to the back end zone of the left pylon. Trey and Darnold have the arm strength to get to those places in a way that guys like um, Brock and Jimmy, that that guys like hell, that, that like most people on the planet can't. <laughs> that is, those throws are, you know, throw that those. There are very few people on earth who can make those throws, and Darnold and Trey are one of them, are are some of them, and then guys who in an RPO play action heavy offense 
guys that that backside defender like I, i've said before so many times there were times jimmy would hand that ball off and do that fake and that backside defender would be all in the middle of the defense and it's like man if jimmy could just hold that bitch <laughs> and he, he's got tw- he's got 25 yards if but he didn't because the defense knew that they that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't in the cards if jimmy takes it 25 yards um on us that's just a you know a whole other conversation but guys like darnold and trey have that ability to keep that backside defender honest he has to honor his athleticism because he will be the butt of film study jokes on tuesday if he cheats and um gives up that big play um so that's just structurally it's it's um heartening to me to hear lynch talk about the fact that that's why he is here is because he fits the mold of what they believe a 49 a quarterback is and if that is what we believe a 49 a quarterback is is a big arm and mobile guy then i think in the long term we whoever the quarterback is that's what's more concerning to me is just systematically what we believe the quarterback needs to be and it sounds like that's what the niners believe it it is is what moving forward they are in tune with what um the trend is league-wide um so that that is the most important thing to me so regardless of who it is as long as you know um organizationally we are of that mind that you know darnell signs somewhere else or trey washes out um you know that the guys that we who are going to come next are going to be in that mode mold that we aren't going safe and trying to McCorkle Jones it or Jimmy G it anymore. Um, that, that we're going to be looking for guys with big arms and mobility. And as long as we're doing that, I'm happy. Do you find it odd that Lamar, this, this Lamar Jackson thing is still kind of out there? It's crazy. And I, you know, I recognize the fact that this is, it's more of a, this is, it's a business thing at this point. Lamar. It's like the, it's like the owners are trying to make a point. Like, right. We screwed up and we need to pull back. And Lamar's like, I can't, I can't give up what is out there because I'm ruining you know, the, for, for the future guys who are coming after me, like he's, he's, it's almost like this, this stand taking a stand against taking a stand. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, again, I, I just think that um ultimately the NFL is on the losing side of history on this. The guaranteed contracts are coming. They, yeah. they, I know, I know they don't want it, but the money is just so big their money is so big that it, you really there's really no justification for it not for contracts not being more like NFL contract I mean NBA contracts it just, I, so I just think it is an idea whose time has come but and, it's, but but I don't want is isn't, wonder, is, oh, isn't it really just for this one position though like it seems like it's really just this one position that they seem to be comfortable with and then it was almost like there was this unspoken or maybe it was a spoken thing with the owners where they're like, 
you know, let's let's just be on the same page here. Let's keep this thing manageable. And then all of a sudden, these quarterback <laughs> salaries just went ridiculous. Like it's almost like they couldn't help themselves. Right. And now you can't, you know, you can't put it back. You can't put it nope. back in the in the bank. Like it's out there. And for for Lamar to be the guy who the the owners are like, okay, like we're we're taking a stand here. It's the wrong dude to do it because he is yeah. exactly what you are saying is the future of the position. Right. I mean, and that is, that's the thing is like you say, the money has gotten so big, you know, Mahomes deal um, as is, is that, you know, was the, um, but I mean, every contract and then the Rogers deal, every quarterback contract sets the mark again. And again, like I say, it's just, when was the last time that a free agent quarterback came up and then the market moved backwards? It just doesn't happen that way. And, you know, when you look at what Lamar is asking for, it's not that big long-term deal like Mahomes. He wants, even it, my understanding is that even if it's a three-year deal or a four-year deal, he just wants a big chunk of that money to be guaranteed. Um, I, I, and I just don't see how we're going to get to a point that I don't know. I don't know if it's going to end up being Lamar or if it's going to be Burrow or if it's going to be Herbert. I just, but I do think that it's just a, um, it's an idea whose time has come. And I just think from an owner standpoint, it's just, they're trying to figure out how they want to do this. Cause I don't know that, you know, a while $500 million for 10 years sounds like a lot of money. I, if I'm an owner, I'd much rather do that than three for 150 fully guaranteed only to have to redo, revisit this whole thing three years from now. Cause that's just never been something that we've had to do with quarterbacks where you're, in your prime, because Lamar's 26, so he would assign a three-year deal. He would hit free agency again at 29. Um, so then we're right back pretty much in the same position again, which is just you rarely see a quarterback hit free agency twice, you know, before 30. It, it's just it's unprecedented. So it, that's going to be – that's why this whole thing is just – it's fascinating. The – Baseball has actually gone this route, which is they they would rather spread the money out through a length of <laughs> eight to twelve years, right? And that that big ticket, you know, three hundred million is still three hundred million, but it's three hundred for twelve instead of you know two eighty for six or something like. So they they go, okay, you want this long deal. You don't you want to minimize the risk of possibly getting hurt, but we're going to stretch this thing so that our average per year is going to be less. And it, the, the, I think the reason why it doesn't really happen in football is because they just realize that it's a brutal sport and that a player has a, just a giant risk of getting hurt. I mean, you see it with running backs, and I think. The, this the the market figured it figured this out with running backs uh first but 
and not only because of this, but like you look at someone like Zeke, I think Dallas regretted signing Zeke to that deal the second that he signed it. They just figured, you know, okay, we're we're signing him at the apex of his um, you know, of his value, but he's only gonna go down from here. And so it's almost like they regretted signing him, and then all of a sudden he's not he wasn't even the best running back on the team. Some of it is that you know, you can take these guys like the 49ers have done, you know, Raheem Mostert, uh, who is is unsigned or undrafted. And you just you figure him into your plans and, and all of a sudden you have a, a really good player. They figured out the running back thing, but the quarterbacks, they've always sort of been like, OK, this is the one gem mint position we're not screwing with. And it's almost like this is the first time they're really deciding we might have to screw with this thing before it gets out of control. And I'm not sure where it goes. I don't know what uh, Lamar is going to do. I don't know how much of this is because the owners are like, who does this guy think he is? He doesn't have an agent. Like, I don't know how much of it is that, but it does look like they've finally gone like, okay, we cannot let this continue to get out of hand. And you can only look back to the rust deal, right? Like, like you're looking at that going like, man, if we didn't do this, if the owners didn't do this with this Russ deal, then it's not where we are now. And Russ is the the one who you know he he did he is not a, a good a good quarterback right now for what he's being paid. So I find the whole thing fascinating. And the funniest thing about it is what you said early on, which is the NFL is the richest it has ever been. <laughs> like this is the richest, yeah. most successful sports league in the United States. Uh, you know, teams are worth, you know, whatever the Washington is going to sell for eight billion or whatever. Like these teams are just so valuable. And I, for, for the protection of the sport, I don't know. I think you got to take care of these quarterbacks, uh, but you also have to decipher the difference what is the difference between a Lamar Jackson and a Daniel Jones? To me, the difference is gigantic, but I don't think the paycheck is going to be as, as gigantic as I see the difference as the play on the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Um, which it, it's, it's, it's just astounding that, you know, the stat, you know, the Daniel Jones stat that he's never thrown more touchdown passes and games started. Um, um, in his career, but you know he's going to make forty million dollars a year. I mean, it's it's it's, it's crazy. Um, so we'll see. It's going to. I think that um, contract is going to. It's going to say a lot about how we move for how the league moves forward um, in paying these guys. Because again, like I say, you got Lamar now. You got Burrow coming up, and then you're going to have. Um, You'll have Herbert soon after. Um, it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see um, where the quarterback market goes. All right, there's there's a few guys that the 49ers uh, signed. Uh, you mentioned Bryant already. Uh, we mentioned Feliciano. Jose Feliciano is like a famous uh, famous Spanish singer, so that's, what, that's the joke that I'm just going to constantly make. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Farrell um, – Hartsfield, Oliver, but the one that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit was this Zane Gonzalez trade that they made. And from what I understand, they uh, they have to give up 
a, a very late pick depending on if he plays or it's like some funky trade. Like I don't even know how it exactly works, but and it's it's two years down the road. I mean, so yeah, it's it's yeah. So yeah. this, but this is a little bit of a sign. It's like Robbie insurance. And obviously Robbie gold is, is hard bargaining with the 49ers as he should, as every player should, if they have the leverage, he's uh, one of the greatest kickers in the history of the 49ers. Most consistent, uh, you know, you don't really have to worry about him like you have uh, on some good teams in the past. But he did say that he was probably not going to play for the team this year. So they make this trade. So you have Gonzalez. Now, the positive about Gonzalez, he's not the same field goal kicker that Robbie is, but he is is good on kickoffs. And that is something that the 49ers have struggled with uh, in the last few years. But it does seem like the 49ers think it's possible that that they're not going to bring Robbie back. So uh, so they have him, and they may even draft a kicker here. Uh, what do you think about where what happens with Gold? Is he a goner? Um, well, that was what was interesting was the fact that like you you made the point that it's like a nothing pick, basically two years down the road. I mean, and so basically, it's really only it it really only becomes anything if this guy performs well or even plays and then when you couple that with the fact that i didn't it wasn't announced at the time but i subsequently found out that he didn't he didn't have any guaranteed money um Hmm. so it and it's so it's was opined that the door is not locked shut on robbie not being here um which is interesting but that said, if Robbie is gone, I'd much rather, you know, take my chances with this guy than a rookie. Because at least, I mean, his, you know, what he has done in the NFL has been checkered, kind of spotty at best. But at least, you know, he's got a real strong leg. Um, it's interesting that it, it doesn't appear that he has ever really kicked off much and you know it, that's interesting um it, the big thing with him is just seems like um he's never really been on a team that has you know where he's had to make any kind of kicks of any kind of consequence so that's a concern and then it appears that also um in a way that we have not had to worry about with Robbie, it seems like he has had throughout his career, he's had um, bouts of inconsistency, you know, it just kind of like I'm a golfer. So I understand that sometimes <laughs> your shit just kind of goes left. And I mean, and you, you know, you spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what's wrong. And most kickers go through bouts of that and he's no different. So um, that's a concern, but I, you know, I don't know who you're going to, if we, if it, if it's not Robbie, I don't know who you're going to sign or draft um, for whom that's not a concern. Yeah. Um, so no, nobody's going to be as automatic as, you know, Robbie has been since um, 17 for us. So yeah, um, <clears throat> it's going to be a whole new world for us if he's not here. But I, you know, I'm still heartened 
by the fact that it does not sound like the door is locked shut that um he won't be here um and i just think i think the longer that it goes on the it's probably more likely that he'll be here i think that that's that at least that's what i want to believe um so we'll see and i mean kicker that's that's a position that you don't really have to as long as that decision is made by week one um I think we're good. And we've been here with Robbie before. That's the, that's the other thing is that, you know, it was all the word that his last free agency, that he didn't want to be here. He wanted to go back to Chicago. His yeah, he used there. that same thing against us. Oh, man, I don't even like it there. And then, and then that, that was his leverage. That was his leverage. Is, I don't even like it which, there. Which is great. I mean, for him, that is great. I mean, the food sucks. I hate that place. <laughs> so, I mean, good for, you know, I'm all about getting money, but I hope that he, A, gets his money, and I hope, B, that he gets it here. Yeah. Um, if he kicks, I would I would wait for him to be kicking somewhere else here. Yeah, we love, we love Robbie here. Um, all right, so uh, you were right about the Gonzalez thing. I looked it up. Uh, he he signed a contract last year, two years, four million. Two uh, two million was a guaranteed signing bonus. So he, he, there's no guarantees left in his deal. Um, so yeah, that is that is very interesting. And then you know you could draft to get. Here's here's what I don't want. I don't want all of a sudden there's a hot kicker out of the XFL. Jose Cortez Jr. kicking for you know. Whatever team Las is Vegas. out there, that's what I don't want. Where they bring yeah. in this dude from the XFL and it's like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna kick for us. No, let's let's you know we have some good options. Well, let's, let's if you want to sit that guy on back. if if you want to burn a practice squad spot <laughs> on that guy, then that's fine. But I don't want him to be yeah, yeah. um KR one. No, thank you. <laughs> I'd much, uh, I'd much rather take my I'd take my brother take my chances with Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 NFL draft is in a, in a month, almost a month exactly. So the next time you and I chat, I'm sure we'll chat a little bit about possibilities for the draft. Are you are have you started studying draft yet? Are yeah, you? I mean, you know, I've I've kind of you know just overall looking at it. Um, I I I just my heart kind of goes out to down. I don't know if you've been following that Jalen Carter story. No. Um, it, um, he, the, the um, Georgia defensive tackle who was, you know, in consideration of being, you know, one of the top picks in the draft. But then he was, they were apparently, he was racing a car. Oh, and shoot. a couple of people from, you know, the athletic department died in an accident. And, um, you know, he, you know, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor reckless driving charge. But then he, you know, shit the bed at the combine. He's like way overweight at the pro day. And, you know, his stock is just sliding. And, you know, people talk about it from a football standpoint. But this dude was in an accident where his friends died and shit. I mean, so, I mean, where is his, I mean, so for me, the understand the fact that, he didn't perform well at the combine and is way out of shape. And those things, you know, when you look at the real life, you know, situation, yeah. 
those things are explainable to me. And I mean, I believe, you know, he's still a talented, he's just as talented as he was two months ago. Yeah. Now. Um, but so the question is, you know, how far is far? Uh, how far does he slide? He's clearly not going to be one of the top five picks anymore, but does he is, is a guy like, I just, I can't believe a guy like that slides to 99. Um, and then, but then the question becomes, if you're the 49ers, at what point does it make sense for you to, you know, make a move? If he slides, how far of a slide um, warrants considering going to get that kind of talent? Um, so that's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I've just kind of been looking at guys that are projected, you know, 175, you know, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's real vague and, um, you know, we really won't know until people start coming off the board, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it and I, there, there, this draft, it doesn't, you know, the pundits don't seem to think that it's a, it's a really, you know, it's in this, that this draft is anything remarkable. Um, so you know that that you know there's that part so yeah all right we'll, be, we'll leave like you, um, we'll leave the listeners with this which is Matt Barrows they asked him what is the after free agency is over and there are still some some free agents out there so it's not like over over but what is the 49ers biggest need and he said it was right tackle he wrote that the 49ers need a new right tackle after Mike McGlinchey signed a five-year, $87.5 million deal with the Broncos. The 49ers never were going to match that price tag considering what they're already paying left tackle Trent Williams. But now they seem thin on the right side with backups Colton McKivitz and Jalen Moore becoming the top in-house options. Look for them to sign a lower-cost veteran at some point this offseason and to target the position in the draft. The 49ers don't pick until 99, but they have 11 selections and could package some to move up for, say, Syracuse's Matthew Bergeron or BYU's Blake Freeland, who are training with former 49ers tackle Joe Staley in the run-up to the draft. So we'll leave people with that. Okay. And the next time we chat, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our, our, our research on, on what the possibilities are for the Niners. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is, is when you're drafting, when you're drafting, uh, in the third round, you, you miss the whole first day, man. You miss all the, all the big hoopla for round one, the way that they do the draft now. So I'm sure that doesn't mean that the 49ers are not going to be working the phones because they're always going to be working the phones. But for us, for us, the, the draft parties and, and everything, we're yeah. just gonna be like, ah, we, unless something happens, well, you know, wake us up when if they make a trade or whatever. So that's the only thing that's that's not fun about the big news drafting. from that story is I didn't know Joe Staley was training dudes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so uh, Rod and I are done here. We'll be back in a couple weeks as we get closer to some moving and shaking with stuff, and you know the. OTAs and all that stuff and you know is coming up it's going to be so interesting just because of the issues that we've been talking about and you know the, this is the tray this is the third year of the tray story and it's going to be I think the most pressure for him too so that's going to be an ongoing topic this uh this spring and summer but we'll be back a couple weeks for Rod I'm Double G we'll see you when we see you
Peace out. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising a another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.